if I sat and watched myself in something and said, my God, I'm amazing, <laughs> right? That would be a very sad day because sure. it, it, you want to make the next thing Right, Better, drive to, you know, yes. And you can't, you can't, it's so subjective. It's such a personal thing that you're, that you're looking at, that, not other, that other people are not seeing. Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, Sad, Confused begins now. I'm Josh Horowitz, and today on Happy, Sad, Confused, we have the legend that is Mr. Gary Oldman in the house, guys. Are you ready for this? Um, thank you all so much for coming out uh, here in New York City. Thanks, folks, for watching around the world. If you're listening or watching on the podcast and you're a Slow Horses fan, uh, you're in for a treat. If you are new to Slow Horses, you're going to learn what all the buzz is about. Uh, this show is fantastic. It has now just entered its third season on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, there's more on the way. It is fantastic. Uh, Mr. Oldman, of course, kills it in this role, as does the amazing ensemble. Uh, I want to gush for a second before I bring out Mr. Gary Oldman because I don't want to make it awkward to his face when he comes out here. Um, he's one of the greatest actors ever. <laughs> um, he is, for, for over three decades, he has been an actor's actor. Every actor I talk to on the podcast for years, who is your guy? Gary Oldman, always. Uh, let me rattle off a few of the roles that he has done over his career. Uh, only one man can be Sid Vicious, Dracula, Sirius Black, George Smiley, Lee Harvey Oswald, Winston Churchill, and now Jackson Lamb. Please give a warm, happy, second views welcome to Gary Oldman, everybody. I could hear you back there. <laughs> You're still here, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, Gary, thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you. Um, yeah. Congratulations on this role. The last time you were at the 92nd Street Y, we should say, uh, was for Darkest Hour. So we like to think we're something of a good luck charm from Mr. Yeah, Gary that, Oldman. That, that would work, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you believe in luck as an actor? Do you believe? Yeah. Yeah, I think, it, it, yeah, there's a great deal of luck involved, and I have had really more than my fair share of it. There's commitment and ambition and um, talent and all of that, but there's an enormous amount of luck involved to it too. What, whatever, whatever that is, fate, fortune, I don't know, but yeah. And how has that manifested? I mean, if you, can you pinpoint a time or two where luck sent you down one path as opposed to another? Was it a, a choice of a role, saying no or yes to a role, going to a school? Yeah, all of, all of that. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, you know, I had spent the first few years uh, in my career in the theater, and um, then I was offered Sid Vicious in the thing, which I didn't want to do. Um, I wasn't really into the punk movement. I, you know, in my youth, 
you know, I arrogantly thought, you know, who the hell wants to, who wants to film about Sid Vicious and Nancy? You know, it's, so I kind of dismissed it and then it sort of came back and anyway, I, I ended up doing Sid and it's just by pure luck that the next role that followed was um, Joe Alton, the playwright, you know. So people are sort of like, mate, you know, Contrast oh, you know you've got yep. this and you've yep. got this, and that was not engineered. Most of it has been... Um, it seems to be my process that I turn something down initially, and then if it's to be, it will wash back up. You've got to drive the price up, too. Let's be real. Come on, man. Um, for villains. <laughs> yeah. There's a certain rate for a Gary Oldman villain versus... Yeah, there's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, which I don't... Which I... I, I, I sort of consciously uh, turn that ship around. You do, we'll, we'll get to that. There was that yeah. period where you... Yeah, you and your compatriot Alan Rickman basically owned villains in the No, 90s. I was typecast. It was like, you know, we need a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, you did it very, very well. well uh, <laughs> um, a little over the top. <laughs> no, I disagree. Okay, let's talk about this character, this role. Mm. Was this one that you initially turned down, like some of these other ones? Was this... No. 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 What's the difference? No. Um, I have been a, a fan of long form. I mean, long form as in going back to um, Brideshead Revisited... I, Claudius, upstairs and downstairs, you know, when I, was a, when I was a kid, you know. So I've always, I've always enjoyed being able to follow characters, you know, rather than, in a, rather than in a movie where you've got a window of two hours or whatever it is, you know. And, um, and then this sort of incredible sort of seismic shift that has happened with television. Um, at one time, there was a sort of snobbery, you know, one was a film actor, and then you looked down on the people who did television, you know, it was sort of, you know, that doesn't exist anymore. And um, I, I personally think that some of the best acting, some of the best writing, the best cinematography, the best set design is on your TV. In these, in these shows. And I've, so I would watch them and occasionally watch with envy and thinking, you know, I'd really love to do something other than have that one shot to develop a character or play a character over right. a long, over an extended period of time. And it fell from the sky. The character the, and the series. It's, the it's series, the, the genre, which I, which I'm, it, I'm connected to through Tinker, which was one of know. your also your favorite characters. I understand, George. Yeah, Smiley, right. And so it it came in, and it was everything. It was everything I was looking for because I'm often asked, "What what is who's Jackson Lamb, and you know why do you enjoy playing him?" And I think I had said to my manager, Doug, who's who's here somewhere, um, I said, I'd love to do something, I'd love to be in a show, a series, that's well-written, 
where I use really kind of my own accent, right. no accents. I don't want any prosthetic makeup. <laughs> I want to stay in You've done your time. Yeah, yeah, I don't want costume changes. Yeah. I just want to be in, in, in the same clothes. Yeah. And, um, it's a narrow, you know. In a, spy, in, a, in a sort of a spy genre thriller, MI5, MI6. Wait, this was all what you, this is a miracle, Gary. This was all your prerequisites? Yeah, right, and this is what we were kind of, this was my Christmas list, you know. <laughs> I said, so find me that one. Oh. You know, and you've got a week. <laughs> anyway, this came in and he called me and he said, you are not going to believe what has just sort of it, uh, appeared. And um, I read the scripts. I did not know the books, but they were based on these books. And um, I read the script and read the first book. And I said, this writing is just, is just fabulous. And that, you know, he turns a genre that we're all very familiar with. Yeah. But he sort of, it's anarchic. He sort of turns it. Plays with it. our expectations a bit, right? Yeah. And he, and he gives you characters that are relatable, that are spies, right. but, but we recognize them as human beings. You know, you have the first series of Louisa, we see her at the laundrette <laughs> doing a washing. I mean, Miss Moneypenny would never do that. So I just thought it was just wonderful stuff. But well, you were talking about luck earlier. Yeah. How about that? No, truly. <laughs> you should start six, playing the lotto, yeah. You know, at 60, whatever I was when it, when it, when it started, you know, um, you know, careers often can often wane. Right. Uh, you know, they peak and then, um, so to, I feel really lucky and privileged to be in, um, to be to be in work, also you know to be doing the series and to be earning a living at sixty-five, uh, with a bunch of people who are the nicest bunch of people that you could ever hope to meet. The crew, the cast, everybody has come back every time. Makeup, hair, designers, costume, cameraman, the operator, the sound. You, you know, they that speaks keep, volumes, yeah. yeah. And they keep coming back to the show. So, um, yeah, you, you open with luck. Yeah, I feel very blessed and very lucky to be doing it. What stage direction do you dread seeing most on the page? Is there one you're like, oh my God, this again? Um, well, I've had my share of uh, being covered in, you know, blood. And, right. <laughs> yeah, that. you know what that's going to entail. You know how sticky that's going to be. Yeah, especially when you know that the scene is going to be shot over a week. Right. Yeah. 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 The most actually the most <laughs> the most difficult thing I ever had to do, oddly enough, was I am um, in one of the I can't remember which one, but in one of the Harry Potters, I had to lay by that that lake. There was like a frozen lake, and I'm sort of dead, and the soul is leaving my yes. body. And then, 
you know, it appears in the... Mm -hmm. um, they didn't make you do that, did they? Like, make your soul leave your body? They don't teach you that at RADA. <laughs> <laughs> Although I've had my soul sucked. <laughs> I mean, you've been an actor for decades. Of course it's oh, happened. Oh, my yeah. God, yeah. There have been moments. There have been some movies, I tell you. Some directors that oh, no. want your soul. <laughs> I'm sorry, I interrupted your wonderful story. What, no, what, no. What, it, I don't even know if it was that wonderful, but it was just me laying down. But Harry Potter, they would shoot. It took forever. Yeah. It was slow. <laughs> and we, oh, you'd be on a scene for a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? We normally you could do, you, you, we, could, we could shoot this in two days. Anyway, I was on that. What they did was they built this lake inside the studio and they, they cooled it down and they froze this lake. And I had to just lie there for a week. <laughs> day in, day out. Doing nothing, oh. doing nothing, but then you'd have to get, you know, I've got, like, could someone, I'm getting a, I did, my kidneys are really getting, they're getting a bit cold, and then they'd put the little hot water bottle under you, and then you'd lie there like that, and then, and then day three, you go, my neck is killing me in this position, and they'd put a little pillow underneath you. <laughs> Yeah, oh, the hardest thing I had to do was lie next to a frozen lake. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Only four more Harry Potter movies to make. You know, yeah, like, with, with a yeah. few still to go. Yeah, they killed me off too early. <laughs> I'm still upset about that. <laughs> and we were all taking bets, you know. It's Hagrid. It's, you know. And I was there going, no, 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 it's going to be, uh, maybe it's Ron, maybe she, you know, and then you kind of open the script and you go, it's me. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm out of here. Did you, did you have a, I mentioned Alan Rickman, I'm curious, like, did you have a relationship with him? Like, were you friends prior to yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. I loved him. What, and, uh, yeah, apparently, I saw you on the, like, the, um, the reunion special. You, yeah. you discovered for the first time that he was the only one that knew the how the books ended. He got the inside dope from J.K. He did, he had a very, yeah, he had a sort of big, yeah, he had a special relationship going with her. So does yeah. that, I mean, you have so many roles, which we're gonna get tip of the iceberg tonight, but like, is that, that, that's one that will reverberate for generations. That one must come up every day, every other day? Does it just, more than other roles you think come into your life? Yeah, it's the most frequently, it, it, if I, they ask me to sign a picture. Yeah then that's the one that, is, that comes up the most, you know. I, I, I think my work is mediocre in it, but... Gary. No, I do. What? I, I don't have words, why? Why do you say this? I don't know, maybe, maybe if I had read the books like Alan. No, if they're I'd, both great. If, <laughs> I'd got, if I'd got ahead of the curve, I would have played if I had known what's coming, I honestly think I would have played it differently. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's just my own, my, my wife says, you know, don't be ridiculous, but um, she often does. <laughs> but this is, but, this is not unique to your career. Like, time and again, I, I've chatted oh, with you before, no, you talk about this for so many roles, it's crazy to me. No, ton of it. I'd, I'd put it all on a fire and burn it and do it all again. Gary. <laughs> How would you do Dracula differently now? Dracula, I have seen probably 25 times in my life. I'm obsessed with it, yet I know you, know, you don't 
you don't love your, you don't love that I'm fuel. I'm not crazy about it. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I tell you what it is. I tell you what it is. There's probably actors here. Yeah, tonight? Any actors in the house? Any actors in the house? But um, it's like anything. I think that if you, if I sat and watched myself in something and said, my God, I'm amazing. <laughs> Right? That would be a very sad day because sure. it, it, you want to make the next thing right. better. Drive to, you know, yes. And you can't, you can't, it's so subjective. It's such a personal thing that you're, that you're looking at that, not other, that other people are not seeing. But that's, it's, you know, it, I don't, it's not to disrespect someone who says to me, oh, I really love you in that movie. Right. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm terrible in that movie. What are they talking about? It's not, it's not that. Sure. It, it, it's their watch. They're seeing something else. Right. They're almost saying, yeah. seeing a more objective piece of art than you are. You're, yeah. You're taking yeah, your absolutely. Own. Right. And then you also have that thing of you, you think you're maybe communicating something in a scene and then you see it and then you go... Ooh, was I doing, I wasn't quite doing that, or I thought I was doing something different to that. Hmm. You know, so it's nitpicking your own right. work, which is, I, 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 it's healthy as long as it doesn't... Debilitate it, you. And it can't yes. debilitate right. you, you know what I mean. I mean, I'm not, I don't... I'm You're not self-flagellating yourself every no, night. You're no. not, yeah, yeah. No, and, and old work is old work. Right. That's... Except in nights like this, when I make you relive it, yeah. Detail. But you know, it, but it is, but it is sort of. Um, it would be like I don't know, sitting here with a uh, with a painter, or and saying, you know, what about your your early work in the sixties, or whatever, you know, and they go, oh yeah, that was my blue phase, I'm I'm done with that now, you know, I'm on to the next thing. So I'm kind of, my head is, I love the show. I like all the people. I like playing the character. Um, the writing, I think, is very good. And I'm very, very happy to be doing it for as long as Apple write the checks, you know, and yeah. keep, us, <laughs> yeah. keep, us on the, keep us on the air. I mean, it has a, it's had a great critical response and a following, but it is ultimately up to Apple whether they're going to do all the eight books or whether they're going to cut us off. So um, we want to keep I'm you acting. The, so this audience is going to spread the word. Mm. We, want, we want Gary Oldman. Happy. And I do pop up. I mean, you know, I, I, I just, I've recently just, I did a week's work on, do you know uh, Paolo Sorrentino? Beautiful. The Italian yeah. filmmaker. Yeah. yeah. So I did a little cameo for him over the summer. And um, I popped up for a day in Oppenheimer. So I'm not... No, we're not getting rid of you anytime soon. No, You're sticking I'm around. Still, good, good. I'm still around. Especially in the first part of your career, it was talked about you as this amazing chameleon. And you talked about those first two roles kind of like established the range you could do. Um, and I said this to you once before, like I remember vividly seeing you on like a late night talk show 
at some point after I'd seen you in like 10, 10 different roles and being like, oh my God, that's his real voice. Like I had heard like 10 different Gary Oldmans mm. until I saw the guy sitting here. Are those voices, are those characters all still in you? Like is Churchill's voice there? Is Drexel still there? Like if you were, if you were doing the one man Gary Oldman review, no, if I was doing a one-man Gary Oldman review, I would then have to revise. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the sketch of it is there. Right. You, but, to... you know, I mean, I could, you know, probably do a church, or you know, you know what I mean, but I'm not doing it every day and focusing on it right. in, in that sense. So I could do an approximation of it. Right. But they all... They all, um, my, my latest one, has anyone seen the Vikings, the series, TV series, the Vikings? Yeah, my new obsession at the moment is Floki. <laughs> I like Floki. <laughs> I'm just a simple boat builder. I like Floki at the moment, so that. that, that that's that. tickling you. You're, you're yeah, it's, um, uh, if, if I've got, um, if I watch a show that's with Irish Irish-based show, then for a couple of days, <laughs> I'm white. <laughs> she, I'm Irish. Right. Yeah. So that's a mix of being an amazing natural yeah, mimic yeah. Or, and also a impish kind of sense of humor that has not left you since being a child, probably. Absolutely. Right? If it's Scottish, I'm Scots. When I go and, you know, pause it to go make a cup of tea, you know, and then I'm, I'm doing a Scots accent, you know what I mean? And then I can be Italian or, or Russian or I, 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 I amuse myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It just happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I've heard you, you are a, an actor that actually likes a lot of direction from a direct, like you want to be directed. You yeah. want, yeah. you don't want to be left to your own devices. You're like, you're there to, collaborate and hear from them? What do you want, like, what do you, what do you? Well, it depends on who they are. Right, they've got the goods, great, if not. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, yeah, because they have a, an overview of, of the, the piece. Right. And they have insight into it that you're not, they're coming at it from a different sort of position in a way, they're looking, they're looking at it at 30,000 feet, the whole thing, and you're very into the, the, the character. But a good directing is knowing when not to say something. You know, you have directors who want to sort of justify their, or feel, right. feel insecure the, feel the and kind of, yeah. that they want to justify their position, so they have to, and that, that's, that's not good. You, you know, so it, it, it depends. I mean, I'll give you an example of a really fantastic piece of direction. I did seven years, kind of really about seven years, with Chris Nolan yes. and the three Batmans. And Chris is not a big note giver. He, 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 he does leave you alone. He expects you to do your work, come in, and you do your work, I'm gonna do my work, and you know, so he does, he does tend to leave you alone. 
he is not real one, he's not one for small talk. You know, you get there and you're there to work and, and he's very charming. And, but and I did a scene once in Batman and he came up to me and it was probably one of two notes he ever gave me in seven years. And he came up to me and he said, let's do that one more time. There's more at stake. And I went, yep, got it, all right, let's do one more. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah? That's a fantastic piece of direction. Yeah. You know, I don't need to know the ins and outs of the whole universe. I just need that nudge. And then you go, oh, he just wants me to just turn it up. Yeah. I just need to adjust the volume on it. Not vocally. Right but the energy or the dynamic of it he wants, you know. And I, I, I always, I, you all, I use that as an example because that is just a fantastic, a really fantastic piece of direction. Well, because you know your tools. Yeah. They know the feeling they're trying to get out of a scene. Yeah. And that, that is, but I, yeah, I like, I like, I like, I like being directed, yeah. Well, it's funny, like, I mean, your recent collaboration with, with Chris Nolan was, I think, a, a day on Oppenheimer. I often have talked to actors and filmmakers, like, the hardest thing to do is to jump into a film, mm. like, one or two days and just seamlessly blend in. Yeah, with Chris, I didn't know exactly where they were in the shooting of it. Right. Um, uh, Killian Murphy is the, one of the most, this is, Sweetest guy on earth. He was such a lovely man. Yeah. And I knew I'd cross paths with him from, uh, from the Batman. Um, and, uh, and I, Chris said, you want to come in for a day and do this? And I said, sure. I went, great, you know. Um, and I had the scene with, with just Killiam. It was terrific. But I did not know where it was in the shooting or anything like that. I... I maybe, if I had known just the sheer scale of it, and I, um, I, I may have been a little more intimidated. I don't, right. you know, but it was just a man talking to another man in a room, right? You know, so it was very sort of intimate interior, um, and then you see where it, where. It, falls in the thing but that again was um, Chris just said he trusted me to put it together so speaking of, of, of Nolan actually I had a few kind of like setting the record straight questions for you because some rumored roles that might have come or gone in your career um, one is that Chris Nolan initially wanted you to play Liam Neeson's role in Batman Begins Ra's al Ghul do you remember that did he initially ask you to play that role instead of Jim Gordon I got a feeling it was Scarecrow. Oh, okay. Another baddie. You're good with baddies. You're, you're yeah, fine. no, yeah, and that was about the time when I sort of was thinking, I've really had, in, uh, I've had enough of this. Right. And I think it was Doug, my manager, said, or suggested to Chris, what about Jim Gordon? And to his credit, Chris, hmm. Oh, that's interesting. And we met, and that's, that's how it sort of 
Yeah, came about. But I, I think it might be Scarecrow. I'm not okay. sure. A couple others that, that supposedly you turned down, Edward Scissorhands and Morpheus in the Matrix. Do you recall either of those coming up? <laughs> the Lawrence Fishburne role. I don't remember Morpheus. Uh, Edward, I have a story about Edward Scissorhands. Okay. I wasn't offered the role, but at the time my agent was like, it's this, this interesting filmmaker and what have you. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm one for not, I don't want to waste someone's time. I don't want to go in and meet them if, and then if they like me, right. and then they... No false hope. You don't want to... Yeah, and yeah. then they offer me the part. I think it's rude to then go, I've spent two hours with you, right. and no, I don't want to do your film. You know what I mean? I'm, sure. And I hate wasting people's... It's, time is the most valuable thing. It is the most valuable thing that someone can give you, is their time. And I hate wasting it. So... I didn't go in and meet Tim Burton because I didn't get the script. I read it and thought, there's a castle on a hill. This guy's got scissors. There's, a, <laughs> there's an Avon lady. <laughs> there's a, you know, I don't get it. It's, you know. Anyway, I then cut to a year or whatever later. I then go and see the movie and the camera tracks over all those multicolored houses, and it ends on this castle in the background, and I went, yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so one piece of bad luck in an otherwise lucky career, one... one... Yeah, and there have been a few that have got away, but it, there's a, a, quite a few, actually, but I can't really... It, I, I can't talk about them because it's not really fair on the people that ended up doing it. It's fair. You, you, you yeah, know I get it. I get it. Yeah. You've said Quentin Tarantino's words very famously, but you've never been directed by Quentin. Never. No, he never asked me to be in a film. This is crazy to me. So like, was, there was like a, a cast list that circulated last year from Pulp Fiction way back when yeah. that you were on. Did you ever know about it at the time? No. He had you in mind. Well, he's only making one more film, isn't I know. he? And it's he's, time. Quentin, come on. Yeah, well, he's only making one, more, one last film, he says. And I ain't in it. <laughs> <laughs> but Drexel um, remains one of the, your favorite roles, doesn't it? I mean, oh, my heavens. It was, it was... What a swing. I mean, it, that's like, if it, that goes down, you're going down in flames. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't work. I, didn't, I never even read the script. Tony Scott met me. And um, God bless, bless his soul. And... Um, he was there in his pink shorts, and his big cigar, and his baseball cap. And he said, look, I'm no good at telling the story and the plot and the thing of the film. He said, look, the character, he's white, but because of the culture and everything else, he's white, but thinks he's black. Right. And he's a pimp. <laughs> and I said, I'll do it. <laughs> Sounded interesting. <laughs> You're like, I yeah. could practice that voice in the mirror and amuse myself for a few weeks. That could be fun. Yeah, and then I was doing a film at the time, uh, Romeo's Bleeding, and I was in New York on location, and I heard this voice outside the trailer, and I thought, that's, that's a good Drexel voice. 
And it was this, uh, this young black kid on the street with some friends. And I approached him and said, would you, would you come into the trailer <laughs> and read a bit of text for me and record your voice? And so they all came in. <laughs> and, um, and he looked at the text and he said, oh, I would never say that. That don't fly. No, I would say this. And so I changed some of the words, you know, to this, this kid and, um, and uh, presented that to Tony. And the rest is history. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't, it, 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 you know, it's that, it was that way back. You remember that whole, it was like Mark, what they called it, they called him Marky Mark. And, you yes. know. <laughs> Big and, Funky Bunch fan a, a and, long time. And, yeah. And yeah. That, you know, those people that, em that, well, they still do, but sure. very much embrace the culture. Yeah. The, 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 you know, so it was that kind of guy. But um, I had a ball on it. I was on it for three days. Yeah. Did, I'm curious, like, did the, you know, the lifestyle of an actor is kind of a crazy one, right? It's an itinerant lifestyle. It's an un unpredictable lifestyle. Yeah. And you've been very candid in talking about like your troubles as a, as a young man and the stuff you went through. Did that contribute at all to that? Like, did the did the craziness of being an actor, the itinerant, the the unpredictable nature, not mesh with the stuff that was in you that you were dealing with, or do you see those as totally independent? No, it's issues? all part of the. Yeah. It's who you are. You know, I'm not. I'm not playing a violin. Or a piano. Right. It's, it's me, you know, a, a version of me. Um, and it's, you know, it's having a certain a facility, really. You know, if I'm crying in a role or weeping, or, you know, that's, that's Gary crying. Right. But through the prism of... Dracula, or, right. you know, it's not a thing over here. It, it's, it, it's in you. It's, it's part of you. Um, and that takes a toll. That can... That can, it can yeah, I think it, it's... Many years ago, I was asked this question many, many, many years ago. And it was... It's you going to work, and you shake up all of these emotions, you know, or memories or whatever, however, whatever you use to do it. You, you know, everybody's got their own right. different type of technique, but, you know, you, you, you find your thing and you're shaking up all like a snow shaker. And you're shaking it all up all day. And then at the end of the day, it's still inside the glass. You, it's not therapy, right. you know, and then you're supposed to sort of go home, I don't know, and have a beer and put your feet up, you know. And um, I found it, it, if you want to be good at something, you have to really dedicate yourself to it, to the exclusion of everything else. And I found that, there have been 
relationships and all sorts of things that have gone by the way. You know, we're very selfish. You have to be really selfish to be... Do you imagine being a concert pianist? The amount of uh, and then, and, then yeah. and someone has to live with that. Right. You know, or... Yeah, they, but you clearly they, found a balance at some. No, I've now fifty, however old I was when I met Giselle, who's here, um, my wife is. I've, I've found it late, but I'm lucky, I think, because I found it, and some don't. You know, so I'm at a place in my life now in that sense, and I'm with someone who understands who is creative, she's creative in her own right, but has been around creative people for a long time, and gets me. You, you know, it's, when I start working on a role, I'm told, she tells me this, I've not really sort of sat down and analyzed it, but I become remote, um, I'm there, but I'm not really there. I sleep a lot. I procrastinate. I, I do all these things. This is just me on a normal Tuesday, Gary. That's I don't know what you're saying. That's, and that might be for a lot of people. You go, that's, that's every day for me. But I do. Now, you have to then be with someone who, if, you're, if you are focusing on your work or your closing off or shutting down because you have to focus they have to understand it's not personal this is just the process and I still love and you I, and it's going to yeah, be back yeah and then the <laughs> process works its way out and um, and uh, and you know so it's uh, it's yeah, and all, and, and all of that, all, that whole life, my the journey is my journey, you know, and it all feeds into the work. The journey took you finally to a long overdue Oscar a few years back yeah. for Darkest Hour, um, and another exceptional performance, and I, I rewatched your Oscar speech, which is one of my favorites, and it's a really sweet moment. Where, is it? Yeah, <laughs> you should check it out. You, at the end of the speech, I'll refresh your memory, I'm sure you remember this. Yeah. You thanked your then 98-year-old mom. Yeah. You said, put the kettle on, I'm bringing Oscar. Um, and it is bittersweet, I mean, she, she passed pretty soon, soon thereafter. She waited. Do you think that's true? She was nearly, nearly 99, almost 99, when she, um, she went brilliantly. We were all having fun at, with my kids at the dinner table, and she had a massive stroke, and never really, and that was it, kind of, you know what I mean? She was in really not, not there, yeah. but she was laughing one minute and, and sort of gone the next, but she would always say to me, um, Oh, you're going to win an Oscar one day, you know, darling. I know you're going to win an Oscar, and I would—I'd never really played the game, you know. I thought you've got to kind of 
play the game a bit, <laughs> you, to get, you know, you don't just get one. You, know, you, have, you, you, you have to sing for your supper. And I uh, thought, well, that's very unlikely. It's unlikely. And, um, and so uh, I just say, yeah, you never know. One day, mum, you know, yeah, yeah, you never know. And I think she held on. I really do. And I won the Oscar and she died. <laughs> Did she see it? You brought it home? Yeah, and, she, and then she let go. Crazy. Her mission accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. A few, a few questions from the audience. Um, how much time do you spend in makeup wardrobe to get the Jackson Lamb look? This seems like... Um, oh, it's really good because um, it's half an hour. <laughs> they put um, uh, broken veins on my nose and give me some blotches, a bit of yellowing under the eyes, you know, because the liver's giving out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, lots of grease and muck in the hair. And, uh, and the clothes, you know, it's the same outfit. I, and, you know, it's, I change, you know, I have a Mac and an overcoat, you know. <laughs> That's it. So I do have to say, if it, yeah. If it's summer, I have the Mac, and if it's winter, I have right. the, the coat. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the first. All you need to know is in the first uh, episode, uh, episode of the new season. I think you're mistaken for a homeless man in your introduction. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. yeah, I look like a someone in the park. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, from Michael, uh, how much of it all does George Smiley inform Jackson Lamb? Well, they're both the smartest man in the room. They're both incredibly, um, I think, I had it, I described Smiley a bit like him with a, an owl, you know, he was just very still and he could just move the head and take in everything. He could see, or, or see everything, you know. Right. Um, Jackson's very much a different motor, mm. uh, more damaged way more damaged than, than, smi than Smiley. Um, um, but yeah, they're similar in as they've got, I think, a great moral compass, you know, for all his flatulence and, and which is all part of the act, right, in a way. He gives you the impression that he doesn't care, but probably cares more than most. He's in and he's out. He's burnt by it, but can't quite let go of it, you know. And all of that is, is his distraction. Um, so he's very, you know, he's very, very smart and very, and very clever. And you can underestimate him. I think that's, that's his trick. Right. Um, we, it's not, obviously, it's people, it's, I mean, we have season four in the can. And, yeah. Um, and um, if, uh, at, in fact, we owe, I think we owe a couple of days on it that, w that we have to pick up because of the strike and, and 
Um, but uh, yeah, season four is, um, it's going to be a dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, low I key am, and I am very, very much underestimated by someone in that. They take my appearance and all of that and they go, I know who you are and they have no idea who I am. So that, that, that plays a little in, in the next round when it comes, when it comes along, but um, that's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> you know how to tease an audience. Yeah. Carter wants to know your favorite actor, alive or dead. Do you have a go-to favorite actor? I was talking about him earlier, in fact. Um, Gene Hackman. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Gene Hackman. I mean, there are many, many, many wonderful actors and actresses, and, and for all, and we like them for all different reasons. Sure. You know, they can't, you couldn't just have a diet of Gene Hackman in, in <laughs> I wouldn't mind, <laughs> but you know, in everything. Yes. You know, of course you need, but I think um, George C. Scott is up there. Um, I have developed a kind of new appreciation of Laurence Olivier. Oh, interesting. Uh, on screen, because often it's said he was one of the great- Dynamite on, on stage. Right. But yeah, hmm. yeah, I've got a new, I don't know, I've just got a new appreciation of him, but I would, I would put Hackman up there. I think that um, uh, the conversation yeah. is a masterpiece. It's from, um, it, it's, it's perfect, it's perfect. And um, and his performance in it is, you know, extraordinary. And then of the young, younger generation, I got to say that um, I think Kate Winslet's the best we got. Sorry, I missed it. Kate Winslet. Oh, Kate Winslet, of course. Yes, yes. I think she's magnificent. Yeah, yeah. Could do anything, and I always believe her. And well, that's the key. I was going to say about Hackman, never a false note. In no. Anything. Like no. it's just your... He, it's, it's... You're, you're, no, he's not reading no. a script. It's and I could rattle off. Yeah. There were many. Albert Finney. Sure. You, you know, you start to go through the list and then you... Um, uh, of course, De Niro and... Um, uh, I mean, does it, does it get any better than Al Pacino in Dog Day Afternoon? Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. uh, Merrill in Sophie's Choice. I mean, come on. You know, you can you can then go down the list. Right. You know, Apocalypse Now. Duval and everybody. yeah. yeah. And, yeah. But I think for me, Hackman was he's my num he's my he's my number one. We're going to end with the uh, happy second fuse. The time has flown by, Gary. The happy second fuse profoundly random questionnaire. Do you collect anything? Is there anything? Um, I collect cameras. Are you a photographer? Or are you? Well, I like to think I am. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, yeah, in my, in, my, in my spare time, you know, this affords me some of that because I do a, a show and then I have a break. But I, um, yeah, I take pictures. I, I'm, I, I, I do wet plate, 19th century wet plate photography and, um, and, and kind of regular. Ever you, display you know, it publicly? Or is it, I have yeah. done in the past. I, I used to carry a wide lax camera around with me and I had an exhibition of or, um, uh, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy. And I, I also exhibited some Book of Eli oh, cool. pictures that I've taken. But um, it's a hobby, you know, and, yeah. I, and I just like the, I like the process of the film. It's a dark room, chemicals, yeah. you know, um, yeah. Did everything you notes from, with uh, Jeff Bridges on Contender? Doesn't he do the wide locks on every film? Yeah, he... he, he yeah, he's had a couple of books come out, yeah. and um, and I'd always been, um, I've always liked a, a, a camera, and always liked um, photography. So my wife and I collect collect photography, and um, and my my sort of side of it is, oh, it's nineteenth century cameras mostly. It's not. Not mod, not sort of modern cameras. Yep. You know what I mean. Got um, it. But that's a nice. It's it keeps me keeps me off the street. <laughs> keeps you out of trouble. Uh, you never asked me about directing, did you? You're directing, Neil by mouth, of mm. course. Tell me about. Well, no, I just wondered because my DP's in here tonight. Is that right? Ron Fortunato. If you guys have never seen Gary's one only one directing effort, why yeah. is that, Gary? Um. <laughs> Did I open up Pandora? You've mentioned it, to be fair. Yeah, but you ran with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, thought we were in sync. We no, were not. No, <laughs> I um, not for want of trying. Yeah, that's tough to get a project going. Have you? you no, know, and and um, so there've been over the years. There's quite a few scripts, and there's one in particular that I'd like to. I'd like to do, but it's 11 years now since I first wrote it, and um, I had a piece that was not not like Neil by mouth, but it with with I think with the same honesty and the same intensity. Right. Um, but you come up against these. You you have to go. Obviously, you don't. I used a lot of my own money when I made Neil by mouth, and I won't ever. I was going to say that's the cardinal rule. Yeah, it's Never. the cardinal rule. Don't <laughs> ever, don't ever do it. But the thing was, is that I didn't collect Ferraris and things, and I had a little bit of money saved, you know, and I bought myself a moving picture. Basically. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was never intended to ever go beyond. I said, look, you know, if no one likes this, it stands and falls with me. If it's no good, it's no good. If people like it, they like it. If they don't, and I, I'm happy to have it and get it out every five years and show a couple of friends. You, you, you know what I mean? Sure. And um, so I went in with that frame of mind. It's very liberating. 
Right. You don't. You're have, only pleasing yourself. You're not trying to. I don't chase. have. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have Harvey Weinstein at the end of it who wants to recut it. Yeah. And rewrite a scene and then reshoot and all the rest of it. Here it is. Yeah. This is it. And um, uh, he used to do that a lot, by the way. Oh, I know. Harvey Scissorhands. That was his nickname. <laughs> Absolute pig. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, I try to, um, get other things made, but, um, but it's, it's very, it's a very tough game. You've got to go to the people with money and, um, and, and then they make casting suggestions right. that are absolutely ludicrous. <laughs> Even if they're, you know, there was once, I was up for a role once, and the other two people up for the role was Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> and Harrison Ford. <laughs> and we were the three in the running. What? Ridiculous. Who, who got it? I don't think it was ever made. <laughs> and you know what? It's, if, if that's the sort of casting that they were going for, yeah. then it's a good job it was never made. You right. know what I mean? Because they were idiots. Yeah. Um, but that's the sort of thing you're, you're, always, you're always dealing with. You know, um, there's a lot of... It, there, there could be a lot of people at the table. Yeah. And it, and it really can be too many cooks in the kitchen. What we have with the show here, I think, all the producers get on with one another. There's no bickering. and um, we, are, we go through extensive conversations and meetings so that going in, we're all on the same page. Same There's, director for each season. That's a you, huge part. Yeah, that was, a, that was a big thing. At first, they were very resistant against it. It's too tiring. And I think, I think Doug said, you know, when they did, um, is it Raymond Burr? Um, Perry Mason? <laughs> yeah, they, they did 32 of them a season or something. You know, he said, what are you talking about? You know, you can do six and, and a director can shoot all six. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. It's, so we have that vision and con consistency in the direction. One real vision of it and everybody is on the same page and we go in and um, we all kind of know what we're making and um, and that that is that is unusual where you've got so many you can have a situation where you've got so many different differing of opinions right that someone thinks it's this someone thinks it's that well, then we, it becomes we, nothing it's a it's a mash of yeah 100 ideas yeah that, we know what show we're making yeah. so uh, uh, we're over time, so I'm going to ask you one last thing. Right. Um, you told me the best note, one of the best notes you got. What's the worst note a director has ever given you? The worst note yeah. a director has ever given me. Or it could be hypothetical. It doesn't need to be a literal. What would the worst note be to get for you? What's unhelpful? Um, well, I've had notes in the theater like, Mm. It isn't gelling. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, 
you got any ideas how to fix that? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. um, I've had directors scream at me, and, and there have been some really, not, not, not in the, yeah, once in the films, once in the, in the movie career. Um, I can make a guess or two, but we're not going to go there. What's your first guess? Oliver Stone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would be your second? That was my only one, actually. Okay. That jumps out. Is there another? Wait, I need to wait, go back no. to the filmography. Hold, give me a second. No, leave it. <laughs> we'll leave it there. All of a sudden, yeah, he did. He, he, could, he could be a bit noisy sometimes. <laughs> uh, and, um, but that's what surprised but, me before you, because you were saying, like, that's one of your favorite roles too, as it should be, I would think. Yeah. And I would think Oliver is all up in your business. Like, if that, like he's just like not, he's a, he's a lot. And I tell you what though, here's this thing that would surprise you. It was one of the great experiences. There wasn't a great deal on the page. And he gave me plane tickets, per diem, and said, go to New Orleans, go to Dallas, and find out who Oswald was. Wow. And I met people who said they knew him, maybe they didn't, but you know, I met people in New Orleans that were, they knew Oswald, they knew Jack Ruby, they knew, you know, and it was becoming, it was sort of being sent out into the world like an investigator. And he gave me a great deal of, uh, freedom yeah. in that respect and then they, they did the most remarkable thing we shot at the police station and Jack Ruby you know he shoots me in the in the movie absolutely where Oswald was shot and I'm actually handcuffed to the real detective <laughs> Come on. that was handcuffed to <laughs> him yeah yeah and what they did they had they had refurbished the uh, police station. And I can't believe this, that, the, that they allowed the production to do it. So you go down into the, where the ambulance was, you know, where they go into the back entrance of it, down. They took a jackhammer, or they kangered the entire wall away to reveal the original doorway of the police station where, where Oswald came out. Yeah. So they took this whole building away to reveal the building behind it and, and did it all up like, like as it was. And I'm then walking out and uh, Jack Ruby um, comes out and shoots me and there's that very, very famous picture of Oswald kind of going like with his mouth open like, as, he's, as he gets hit yeah. with, the, with the bullet. Um, and for some reason, I don't know, I couldn't get this. Oliver decided that I just was not doing this moment correct. You know, like, and you, <laughs> I mean, you, you got me, oh! And it's like, car, no, it's, well, he's getting shot, so it's, oh, and they, you know, and I'm trying to sort of do this, do, do this moment, and he got really in my face with that. Are you, Gary, you're trying to sabotage my movie? <laughs> that, that's the sort of direction. You're sabotaging my movie. 
you're doing it deliberately. Do it better. Just make it, do it better. And, um, and that, was, that, that was the one day. <laughs> that was the one day where I, and I was getting upset because I wanted to give him. Sure. I wanted to, you want to give a director what they want. Yeah. You, you really You're there do. to service their vision. You're there. You have to service their vision. And you come in and you've got ideas, but ultimately, yeah. You, you are like a, a, a waiter or a, you know what I mean? You sure. come in and you want to serve their vision, exactly. And um, I was getting more and more upset. And it was like, what am I doing wrong? I'm, I'm going, ooh! <laughs> I don't know how many different ways. <laughs> I only have three variations on ooh to me, yeah. It's yeah. Like <laughs> but, it, but the cop who I was attached to, Jim, his name was, I can't think of his second name, Jim. And he was handcuffed to Oswald. And, and the bullet went, I think, through his liver and his spleen. And, and, and the reason why Jim didn't get killed, like, because he was on the other side of him, right. is that it came out and was inside, just a, the bullet was hanging from a little piece of skin on the other side of his body. And he said, and, you know, if it had gone, if it had hit a different organ yeah. or missed an organ, it would have come through, and, through yeah. and, and, and hit me too. But, uh, but yeah, good gig. Good gig, Jeff. Oh, yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Um, I did my best to suppress my inner fanboy. I don't think I did a good job tonight, Gary. No, you, um, did, you did very well. Thank you, sir. Uh, you always do very well. Uh, you're a legend, sir. I mean, you have influenced a, a generation, generations of actors and fans of film, um, and you continue to do so. Uh, Slow Horses on Apple TV Plus. It's now in season three, season four, already in the can, and it sounds like you're you're in for as long as as they're in, right? As long as they're in. As long as Apple's in. I'm in. Excellent. That yeah. is the best news of the night. Uh, congratulations on the show. Everybody spread the good word, and please give one more round of applause for Carrie. Right and so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs>